Hey there, my name is Wendy, and I'm an environmental toxins lawyer who is obsessed with showing women how to toss the toxins out of their life and embrace a more holistic lifestyle. I'll be dishing up bite-sized but binge-worthy episodes on all things detox, low-tox, and what's that toxin? And what is it really doing to my health? I'm breaking it all down for you, separating the myths from the facts and pulling back the curtain on the products and beauty industry. You'll hear my unfiltered and sometimes unpopular, but honest opinions. No topic is off limits. We'll dive into what's really causing our thyroid issues, hormone imbalances, infertility, and more. Think of it as a crash course for all things holistic living, but for real life. You don't have to do everything. You just have to start somewhere. Let me show you how. This is the Detox Dilemma Podcast. Welcome to episode 40 of the Detox Dilemma Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy. I can't believe we're on episode 40. That sounded really strange (laughs) saying it. I love it. I'm excited for those numbers to just go up and up and up. So today's episode is a hot take. And the reason why I picked this topic to go over today is because I actually had a couple previous episodes. One of them was on phenoxyl ethanol, and that's episode 30, where I talk about clean beauty's dirty little secret. And then also recently, episode 32, where I talked about alcohol ethoxylates and how studies are showing that they're actually causing leaky gut. And after I did those episodes, I started getting questions over on Instagram, like, hey, I loved your episode. I'm still confused. Like, I know I should avoid these ingredients, but what are they? And what's the problem with them? And how can I spot them on a label? Because I explained in some of those episodes that a lot of ethoxylated ingredients, even though you need to avoid them, sometimes they're really hard to spot on labels because they're not always going to say, you know, ethoxylated ingredient. So this episode, we are going to talk about what is an ethoxylated ingredient? What's the problem with them? Like, what are the health implications? Why are they on my list of toxins to avoid? And then I'm going to teach you how to spot them on a label. And this episode's actually going to give you a really good idea of what I teach in my Toxin Free in 3 course. There is an entire module that teaches about ingredients and ingredient safety and not just why you should avoid certain ingredients where you learn the science of it, but also how to read labels and how to read labels quickly, how to learn that skill set, because you can sit in front of a label and you can have a list of 50 ingredients to avoid. And it's going to take you an hour to read one of them. So in Toxin Free and 3, I teach you, I call it read labels like a ninja. I teach you the shortcut steps that you can get to that 90 to 95% of products, if some of those individual products that I teach that are quick, If they're there, you know it's not clean, you know you can put it back. So doors are going to open for the next cohort of Toxin Free and 3 on November 1st. I only do it three times a year, and this is the last time that I'm going to do it at this price point. Prices are going to go up after the November cohort. So if you are interested in jumping into Toxin Free and 3, I don't want you to miss November. In fact, if you are on the wait list, you're going to get doors open a little bit earlier, a few days earlier than everyone else, and there is a bonus, a surprise bonus that's coming for those of you that are on the wait list. So head on over to www.toxinfreeand3.com and get yourself on the wait list. Okay, let's jump into this topic. What is an ethoxylated ingredient? 
So ethoxylation is the process of reacting ethylene oxide. So ethylene oxide is a carcinogen. We know that ethylene oxide causes cancer. Basically, in this process, they react ethylene oxide with another ingredient or another chemical that they're using in a product. And what that chemical reaction does is it makes it less harsh. So I'm going to use phenoxyl ethanol as a perfect example. Makers who are using phenoxyl ethanol, which is a preservative, they take phenol, which is a petroleum-derived ingredient and product, and then they react it with ethylene oxide. And what comes out the other end makes that phenol way less harsh than it would be if they didn't react it. And the problem with this isn't necessarily in every case the ingredient that's left behind by itself. It's what it's contaminated with it. So the process of ethoxylation leaves behind trace amounts of one, ethylene oxide, which it was just made out of. So that makes total sense. But that chemical reaction also leaves behind contaminants of 1,4-dioxane. The problem with 1,4-dioxane is, one, it's a carcinogen. So we know that it likely causes cancer. It's also a penetrator. So it penetrates the skin really easily. Short-term exposure to 1,4-dioxane can cause nausea, drowsiness, headache, irritation of the eyes, nose, and throat. Long-term exposure to it. So let's say you're exposed to it every single day over and over and over, you know, every day of your life. It can result in eczema. It gives really bad skin conditions, drying, cracking skin, and it also causes damage to your liver and your kidney. And don't forget, there's still trace amounts of that ethylene oxide, which is a human carcinogen, but it's also linked to lymphoma, leukemia. It's a reproductive toxin, and it's also been linked to breast cancer. And I think it's really important to tell you too that both 1,4-dioxane and ethylene oxide are completely prohibited for use in all cosmetics in Canada, as well as the ethylene oxide. You cannot use it. It's been prohibited in the use of cosmetics in the European Union. But here in the good old United States of America, the FDA has no requirements whatsoever on whether or not ethylene oxide or 1,4-dioxane is in cosmetics or any product that is sold in stores at all, whether it's makeup or skincare or laundry detergent. Laundry detergents where I see this a lot, people will come to me and say, hey, I use Norwex or I use Drops. And these are companies that sell themselves on being clean products. And listen, I own a lot of Norwex cloths. I probably own like a million. And some of their products are super clean. And I think the company is fantastic. They do choose to use ethosylated ingredients in their laundry detergent. So I, I don't recommend their laundry detergent to anybody. And while there's no nationwide ban or prohibition on the use of these ingredients, New York did become the first state to do something about it. You may remember in the news that there was laundry detergents that were being pulled off shelves and weren't allowed to be sold in the state of New York anymore. And it's because of 1,4-dioxane. It's because the amount of 1,4-dioxane that was being left behind in this process exceeded a limit that New York said, you know what, we're going to put a limit in place. And if you go above this limit, we're not going to sell it. It wasn't zero though. It wasn't zero. So even if it's being sold in New York, you can still have trace amounts of ethylene oxide or 1,4-dioxane in your product. Now I do want to address vacuum stripping because I know somebody is going to come at me with this. I, I've had a couple companies who have seen me, you know, when somebody said, hey, do you recommend this product? I would say, I don't consider that clean. They use ethosylated ingredients. And then that company would reach out to me and say, hey, that's really unfair. We vacuum strip 
are at those isolated ingredients to reduce the amount of ethylene oxide present as well as 1,4-dioxane. And here's the thing. You cannot get an ethosylated ingredient down to zero. Even if you vacuum strip it, you cannot completely get rid of these contaminants. The other issue for me is why are you even using them to begin with? And and I have had some interesting conversations with companies that tell me, you know, we tried using natural surfactants like Molly's Suds or Attitude or Young Living or some of the brands that I use all the time in my house. They don't even use ethosylated ingredients. They use the natural surfactants. And these companies will say, ours work better. And one, I disagree with that just on a general level. But I also think it's interesting to me because those same companies are selling themselves as the greenest company. So if you are clean, if you are green, if you care about creating toxin-free products, then you just shouldn't use this ingredient altogether. So there's that. The other thing is there's no way to prove it. Like, are you are you vacuum stripping and then you're testing it and then you're providing the test results to your consumers? No, I've never seen a single company do that. Like you would have no idea of knowing if your company does that unless they, like I said, they plastered it all over their website. They gave you the actual testing results. And again, it won't be zero. So for me personally, I avoid these ingredients completely. Okay, so how do you know if a product has an ethosylated ingredients? So I'm going to give you an example of five of the most common ethosylated ingredients. The first one's super easy. I've already been talking about it. Phenoxyl ethanol. Avoid anything that has phenoxyl ethanol. And unfortunately, even with clean companies, even you know brands that make really great products like Beauty Counter, they use phenoxyl ethanol in their skincare. So you have to read labels. And even if you're buying from a really clean company, Reading labels is the only way that you know that you are avoiding this ingredient. So phenoxyl ethanol is number one. Number two is a lot easier. It'll actually say alcohol ethosylates or ethosylated alcohols, or it'll have the word ethosylated in there somewhere. That's really hard to miss. So if you see that, that is obvious. And if you go back to listen to episode 32, where I talk about alcohol ethosylates in DISH, detergent, I go a little bit more in depth about what that is. And then the third thing is anything that ends in F, E-T-H. So C1214, Perith, Ceterith, Lorith, Sodium Lorith Sulfate, anything that ends in in E-T-H at the end of it. That is an ethosylated ingredient and you know to avoid that. The fourth is anything that says P-E-G or P-P-G. You'll find them lots of places. Recently, I've actually been seeing more P-E-O. So P-P-G, P-E-G, P-E-O. Those are polyethylene glycols, polyethylene oxide. Those are ethosylated ingredients. So you're going to want to avoid those as well. And then the fifth is polysorbates. So if you see polysorbates, in the ingredient list, that is also an ethosylated ingredient. I'm actually looking right now at the ingredient list for seventh generation free and clear because I think it's the one product I get the most questions about. And the second ingredient, so water is the first ingredient, and the second ingredient is lorith 6. So it ends in an ETH. So that is an ethosylated ingredient. Their surfactant in this free and clear detergent is an ethosylated ingredient. There's other ingredients in here that would make me avoid this. There's some preservatives that I also teach 
in my course to avoid. And so it's not the only reason why I wouldn't buy this product, but it's definitely a good enough reason to not buy the product. So there you have it. You know now what an ethosylated ingredient is. You know why it's such a health concern and why you should really avoid it. And because it doesn't always show up on a label as an actual ingredient, because it can be a byproduct of the manufacturing process, now you know the ingredients to look for, those five groups of ingredients to look for to avoid. I have personally reviewed and vetted hundreds of products, and laundry detergent is one of the ones that carries a lot of ethosylated ingredients. So if you're looking for the laundry detergent that I use or some skincare that doesn't have any ethosylated ingredients or whatever it is you're looking for, my toxin-free shopping guide has a list organized by category of every single truly clean product that you could possibly want. Head on over to www.toxinfreeshoppingguide.com and shop your heart out. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week. You, my friend, have officially finished another episode of the Detox Dilemma podcast. And if you want more, head over to wendycatherine.com to get all the show notes and links to discount codes from our amazing partners. If you're looking for something specific to help you detox your home, make sure you check out my toxin-free shopping guide at toxinfreeshoppingguide.com. It's organized by category and makes detoxing your home simple. I'll see you next week. And until then, I hope your life is getting just a little less toxic.